0: Chapter 5. The Knights. Mr. Leon didn't let us put any of our jokes up. Not the one about the gorilla boogers, not even the one about the stinking skunk joke, but he laughed at both. Go sit down guys, it's time for mission studies. He was still smiling and trying not to. Mission studies was sort of cool because our class got to learn about where we actually lived. I had liked social studies last year too. We did a whole unit on Chumash, the American Indians that lived before us—you know everybody—but after lunch, concentrating on school was hard, no matter where what we were studying. I swear, Mr. Leon sounded like one of the flies stuck between the glass and the window screen next to my table. Mexico, bzzz, Spain, bzzz, missions, bzzz, Chumash, smack. I swooshed, swooshed the fly closest to me against the glass so it would shut up. Whenever we do mission studies, I end up wondering who Santa Barbara actually belongs to and feeling like it definitely isn't me. I mean, Mr. Leon says some Spanish families have been here for hundreds of years. Really, they've got streets named after them. Coca, De Guerrero, Ortega, Carrillo, Castillo. I figure they all go to church up at the fancy mission. When Spain sailed ships to America after they finally figured out what After they finally figured out that it was here, they set up all those Catholic churches on the coast to turn the American Indians into Christians. In Santa Barbara, the Spanish built a uh, a presidio, too, which is like a military fort, and the soldiers were called conquistadors. Our class got to go to the presidio presidio on a field trip. It even has these super old cannons. Martin always tries to act like he's been been here since the Conquistador, Conquistadors Ortega. I don't buy it. I'm not going to lie. It sounds pretty cool having a street named after your family. But that's not me. I mean, that's not my family. We moved here from San Diego when I was a baby. And there's no streets named Martinez. For a while, I thought that's why Danny was so rude and Johnny stopped being my best friend. Because they'd figure something else out about me. Like that, I didn't belong here. I mean, I don't even speak Spanish. I don't think that anymore, but I still don't get why they have to be such jerks about everything. Danny says he was born in Santa Barbara, and that he and his mom went back to Mexico to live with his grandma until he was five. five. Ashwin doesn't believe that. He thinks maybe Danny's mom got re- deported, which is a word mom had used to explain, which is a word mom had to explain to me. And so Danny had to go with her. If Ashwin had deported to Danny's face, though, if Ashwin had said deported to Danny's face, though, Danny would probably throw another ball at Ashwin's nose. And maybe I wouldn't blame Danny. It's not the kind of word you can say in the playground. For a while, I worried about stuff like that. Like, could my parents get taken away? The mom explained that since she and dad were both born in San Diego, that could never happen to us. What about Johnny's parents, I asked. She didn't have an answer for that one, so I just try not to think about it. I decided to think about something else. I decided to think about the skunks on my old trike. What I couldn't decide was what to do. It's impossible to think, really think, in a classroom. I needed to get out of there. When the last bell finally rang at three, I jerked out of my seat, banging my shin on my own desk. I didn't even care. I snagged my homework in my backpack zipper too, but I was the first one in line on the way out the door. I wanted to figure out what was happening with these skunks pretty bad. I still couldn't remember if the trike had been in the driveway that morning. I was twitching to go check. I'd bring Ashwin along with to show him too. I bolted down the hall, heading for the big glass doors. Kids were already pouring down the front steps and scattering off into the neighborhood. "'Slow down, Mr. Martinez,' called Mr. Leon after us. "'You need to head to aftercare.' My sneaker squeaked on the linoleum. I forgot about after-school care. Again. After the catapult catastrophe, our parents wouldn't let us roam around the neighborhood until they got home from work anymore. We had to stay on school grounds, just like Mila. I gave the school doors one last look, then ran back down the hall to catch up with Ashwin at after-school check-in. "'Walk, Mr. Martinez,' Mr. Leon eyed me all the way down the hall. There was the tiniest flicker of smirk on his face. He closed his door, and I started running again. Out in the courtyard, I bumped into Ashwin at the back of the line. "'Walk, Mr. Martinez,' Ashwin said, just like Mr. Leon would have, with the same half-hidden smirk. When I got to the front of the line, I wrote my name, all messy on the bottom of Mr. Rockland's list. Mr. Rockland runs the elementary after-school care.' Thankfully, the kindergarten kids have their own thing. Aftercare is always the same. Craft table, snack table, the dungeon, that's what me and Ashwin call the multi-purpose room, or something Mr. Rocklin likes to call active play. You'd think active play would involve the playground. It doesn't though. Mr. Rocklin is always digging weird equipment out of the back of the storage shed or trying to teach us some goofy game. But me and Ashwin are in fourth grade. No way we're gonna play Duck, Duck, Goose. As long as we don't make fun of little kids, accidentally knock over the glitter shakers, or make too much noise in the dungeon, Mr. Rockland kind of lets us just hang around. Me and Ashwin plunked down at the end of the craft table and scooted some of the art junk out of the way. Mr. Rockland waved at us with his hands full of glitter, smiling at everyone. The little kids love him because he can draw and he'll turn the long jump rope forever. But he never lets me and Ashwin win use the playground unattended. He never lets me and Ashwin use the playground unattended. Even when the playground's just sitting there, empty. Come on, Mr. Rock, Ashwin said. Can't we just go over for five minutes? Mr. Rockland didn't even answer. He pointed to the pile of stuff he must have dragged out of the shed for active play. A heap of bent hula hoops and a tangle of jump ropes. Ashwin sighed and spread his arms across the table, bonking his forehead on purpose. So boring, he said. I laughed a little under my breath. You would too if you'd ever seen Ashwin try to hula hoop. He always bends his knees and bugs his eyes out like a giant, frustrated frog. But I didn't say anything. I was thinking, trying to remember everything about the night before trying to figure out if seeing those skunks was a dream or what. Ashwin pulled out this video game and played it under the table. I didn't mention the skunks. I kept pushing my deadline to tell Ashwin forward because my story was going to sound so crazy. If I tried to whisper it across the craft table, I knew Ashwin would say, no way, or he'd start laughing and then Mr. Rocklin would come over. Nobody wants that. So I had to wait even if it felt like the secret was going to jump out right of my mouth at any second. "'Are you okay, Mateo?' Mr. Rockland finally asked, staring at me from the end of the table. "'Yeah, fine,' I mumbled, signing a sheet of paper out of a pile. I picked a marker and doodled until Mr. Rockland stopped staring. After a while, I gave in to my boredom and did some math homework, but I still couldn't get those skunks out of my brain. "'If you stare at a page of math problems long enough—' And let your eyes go all blurry, guess what you see? Skunks. When we finally signed Mila out of after school care and started home, I rushed Mila past Oak Park, even though the mango lady had a rickety wooden wagon set up next to the guy selling ice cream from the rolling cart with the bell. Ting ting, ting ting.